Hello. This will be uh, Amber and Megan part two. Okay, so we turned from a small break and um, basically kind of wrapping up um, Amber's case. Like I said, unfortunately, they never found her murderer. Um, and as of right now, we're only a few days away from her birthday. Oh. And it, yeah, she would have been the same age that I was as I said before. Um, they There is an update, though, that came out recently. It came out um, the beginning of the year where they think they actually have usable DNA. And it's just a waiting game to see if they can find anything in any system that matches it. So kind of Ugh. fingers crossed. I hope they do. I hope they do. That would be great. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially for their parents. You know, they're getting on. So it's like... Get some yeah. kind of closure yeah. sometime. Yeah. To be like, all right, at least we finally caught this thing. Yeah. 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 Or at least we knew who they were. Maybe we know, you know what I mean? Exactly. If they've passed on or whatever. But yeah. It, I hope it was Like painful. the open-ended ones with like, with like Eaton Pats where they didn't even find his body. Like yeah. that, I can't even with that. That deeply disturbs me to not even have a body to lay to rest yeah it, it, always wonder, it's know, gotta be out there or not you know yeah it would be hope. really hard to be like Ugh. oh they're dead for sure it's always like maybe mm-hmm. yeah. well but, that's i mean there are cases where that has been it where the you know you find out 20 30 years later like oh yeah i was a kidnapped child and didn't mm-hmm. know it yeah yeah so, um, to this day, the Arlington police are still looking for any clues uh, and any information. And they're asking anybody with those things to please contact them. And um, they actually put out a press conference, too, which is on YouTube. Anybody can go and watch it, where they've recently talked about it. They had um, Donna on there, and uh, actually um, Ricky now is an adult. So, oh, wow. which was weird to see because, yeah, you see him in the video as a kid and now you see him as an adult. And, well, it's like you said, yeah. should be your age. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, lots of time. So he's probably close to yours. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Um, and as heartbreaking as all of that is, we're going to dive right back into another heartbreaking one again. Sorry, <sighs> guys. <laughs> yep. And in this case, we're talking about Megan Kanka and Megan's Law. In July of 29th of 1994, two years before Amber, Megan was riding her bike outside of her home when she disappeared. This, however, was in Mercer County, New Jersey. Her parents, Richard and Maureen Kanka, found their daughter's bike on the front lawn with no sign of their daughter. Born December 7th of 1986, Megan was seven years old at the time. So A year and... Or like just... Three day shabby year old, Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yep. <laughs> weird to think about. It's really weird to think about. Well, you th- it, it, how impactful. Because the majority of us obviously got by, right? The, yeah. Uh, the, well, for whatever situations happen, we're we're still here standing. Some of us got scarred. Some of us are here unscathed. But however, mm-hmm. maybe the it is weird to, to think about how many people didn't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, we all have somebody that we knew didn't make it through high school. Yes. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? I had a few people, like, from my graduating class that I know, you know, died before they were in their 30s. Yeah. So. Yeah, such a... But I keep going back to that's what you lose, the potential of yeah. humans. 
like of that human, you lose that. You lose the light. You lose that. And I talked about that in the in the episode about Doctor Nabe too. Is like she did so much, um, so much good for her community, and jealousy and pettiness snuffed it out. And she was she was in her thirties. She hadn't. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't get the benefit of her experience and her knowledge long-term and what she could have done after that. It, that was lost to society as a whole. I mean, and that's... It's just sad. Like, I think you and I were talking about that, too, at one point. Like, how many times has the cure for cancer been murdered? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for oh, her, yeah. Well, we talked about that before the podcast. Is like, all yeah. of us are the product of the survival of our ancestors from one thing or the yeah. other. Whether it be war, famine, disease, whatever it is, your bloodline has made it till now. Well, it's been all those things, too. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. At some point, yeah. exactly. It's At some point, they, it was, you are a, everybody standing is a product of survival. Sure. Yeah. And it's weird how some get picked off along the way. It's not, it may not be their fault. It may be the predator in the weeds. You know, yeah. it can be a million different reasons. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... But these, it's it's weird to think about how these change things more than just mm-hmm. anyone's. There's some people, like yeah. we were talking, people drop dead from all kinds of stuff every moment of every day. When I was um, a kid, my um, cousin, he died before I was born. He died in his 20s. And he and his brother were like, they're very successful people. Like my, my cousin that survived... He was like a CEO or executive or whatever for 3M. Like he had a oh, really yeah. great life, right? His parents were very successful, and his brother died of leukemia when he was in his 20s. Hmm. And so he, who died before I was born, but there was like this weird feeling of like in the entire family when we all get together, they like talk about the guy who died, Mike. And it was like, it was this weird feeling of understanding that there was a piece missing to the family that I didn't know, but I understood enough to realize that there was a piece missing, a very valuable piece that kind of was almost like the family kind of, when he died, it like alcoholism, all this stuff came into the family and it kind of just really broke up a lot of people. Like his parents had a really Mm -hmm. hard time with it. And then, you know, I can remember being like, 10 and it's thanksgiving and there's like fights breaking out and it's fights that are about things that are not related to him but the alcoholism really took hold when he Mm. when he died yeah and so it was sort of like this long legacy of a person who's supposed to be in your family that was sort of like you know his brother is the guy that is uh you know a really really outgoing very 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 you know uh very very successful guy and it's like he will never, ever be able to be as good as his brother because his brother was the one everyone loved. He, he was he was well, a very affectionate yeah. guy. He was very well loved, and he could death never put, do wrong. Death puts people on a pedestal. It does. It does. It yeah. does. And, yeah. And for, yeah. And some, sometimes it's valid. Sometimes it's not. Sure. Sometimes it's... And it's so it's so weird, but it is true. But I imagine that, like... People well, feel like there's just this part that's just missing. Well, it's yeah. just missing. Well, yeah. What's interesting, I don't have it in my notes, um, but in the documentary, they actually talked a lot about Amber's younger brother mm-hmm. and some of the things that he went through with it and how immediately after he started acting up in ways that he had never acted up before, he was you know, being ruder, louder, more disrespectful. He was hitting people. He was just 
kind of falling apart himself. And they went to get him help, and it turns out that he was... He believed that it was his fault. Because he had been there with her. And they had been riding their bikes around the block together, and they went to the grocery store because the grocery store had a ramp you could go up and down. And... Um, they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. But they went anyway because, you know, they wanted to play kids. the ramp. Yeah, kids. His sister's like, we're going to go kids. ride the ramp. And he's, yeah. and he's a little brother, right? But yeah. he he took off and he left before she did. And he blamed himself, thinking if I had just been there. And That's it's so like, tough. no, honey. Yeah. It, he, this monster would have found a way one way or another, yeah. you know? And I agree with that, but it is also why, when, like we were talking about earlier, we always rode around in a pack. Yeah. Like, we always rode, because that's all our parents ever told us about because of these situations. Because these mm-hmm. happened just before we were at that age to start roaming around, and this was just fresh and clear in our parents' minds when they set us free into the world. Yeah. And so when we'd go out there, it was always, you know, you keep an eye on him, you know, you keep an eye on her, and then right. it, as long as you got that, you're, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We didn't have, like, a posse or whatever on our ramp. It was just me and this other girl when I was a kid, but, like, yeah. I lived next door a halfway house, at, like, yeah. in, like, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And so it was always like, you know, when I, I didn't even know what that was. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, what the heck? Right. I'm like, what's a halfway house? It looks like a whole house to me, you know? <laughs> but like, they. Well, the innocence. But the parent, my parents were always like, now, if they try to get you to go into the house, don't go into the house. If they, some weird people, you know, like, don't, mm-hmm. don't go off. Don't engage with them. They, they like, there was a, we had like a drawer on the, I guess it's like a, I don't know, a drawer, but like you could pull the bottom step out of our basement and jump down and there was a tunnel underneath that they used to use for like bootlegging liquor and stuff oh that's cool so but it connected houses well what we found out is that they were trying to dig into our house to connect the tunnels they they filled them up at some point so they didn't connect but each house had like the jump down oh, some space. God. So and then it like partially collapsed, I guess. But I was like, they were trying to tunnel into our house. And like nothing ever happened of ah. it. Like nothing ha- we figured out that was happening, but it was more oh. like, ha, 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 it fell in on them. <laughs> that was their punishment, I guess. But like there was people like they'd be doing heroin That's in terrifying. our in our in our yard. They'd be they'd come in and they would piss in the yard when me and my friends were playing outside. I'm like in third grade. Oh like my they're God. doing all, and that's just stuff that you had to deal with living next door to this halfway house. And I remember the ambulance was there like every week. Like we would sit on the balcony and like watch oh, the oh ambulance. And then the, the my the funniest thing was like this guy tried to do a trip and fall in the halfway house. I don't think he realized it was a halfway house. And so he did like a trip and fall scam to try to get insurance or something from the halfway house oh i remember they came over and knocked on our door once and they were like hey have you seen anybody walk out of our house with a tv today someone actually went in there and just stole their tv like i was like yeah. i don't know what's going on but the weird thing was like the guy that ran it was like very aware of the kids in the neighborhood so it was mm-hmm. always like he was always checking on you and then like somewhere down the street there's another adult who's checking every there's just sort of like this general even though some of these people were drug addicts, like straight up heroin junkies, like they watched to make sure that the ones that they didn't like would not 
mess with you. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's kind of this weird, like even with people who may not <laughs> be the best upstanding citizens, but like they're like you say, there's like there's a lot people have their own moral codes and it may mm -hmm. not it may be like your you, stuff can be anybody's yeah. stuff, but like they'll be like, You touch someone's kid, I'm gonna crack exactly. your head that's what I said. The general morality yeah. says women and children first. I mm -hmm. think that's probably true for the most part. I mean and I think there's individuals well, who are like me how first, about this? but general Western morality says women and children first. Probably, probably. Because I don't know I don't, much about. I don't. Eastern. I don't think you could say that in, in most Muslim countries. I don't really know if they have like, a women or children's first philosophy. Yeah. I, that's an interesting question. As long question. as you put gets beat before that. Yeah, I don't know if I could. I could. Yeah. I could generalize that to be like the truth. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, huh. definitely in like some third world countries where they're repressing women and. Oh, Saudi like Arabia, that. where you know, yeah, there's, some, there's no freedom. There's questionable age on brides, and there's yeah. the amount yeah. of brides, and yeah. whether or not that harem constitutes slavery yeah. and all kinds of other stuff i mean women did they did they or didn't they get the right to drive there recently they did get the oh. right to drive right. oh it's 2021 and you can finally <laughs> yeah. drive yeah. man i'm so proud of your progress yeah i remember we went to um singapore and it or we were in malaysia and it was weird because the um like people from iraq and mm -hmm. uh, kuwait they, it was really hot over there and so mm -hmm. they go to singapore for to escape the heat oh cool. so what the thing was what was funny is it was like all the women were like i get to drive in singapore because they can't drive back there because in their, their particular mm -hmm. thing it was like you can only drive if maybe your husband or another male is in the car with you you can't drive anywhere by yourself stuff like that but when they would come to singapore or malaysia they could drive and their husbands were like totally fine with it because mm -hmm. they were like yeah yeah we you're just you know you can go ahead and drive around it's got to be but, a massive inconvenience well, to like look, i know i don't want to be a chauffeur in a lot of those countries there's legitimate religious police walking around yeah oh your 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 burqa is just slightly shifted to the left yeah. we're gonna go ahead to yeah. we've got a, some stones with gonna, your name yeah, on them or whatever it may be crazy. oh there's some rumors you may be gay we've got somewhere high to throw you off of mm -hmm. like so but that and that's ugh. That's, that's it's so sad. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad because it's like, man, you guys are just it exists people in the are, world. That's are awesome, it, yeah. and it's like you want to repress awesome people that aren't doing anything to anyone. Women just want to drive. People just want to love who they love. Da 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 da. And it's like, why do you put all these? These rules and stuff up there that like keep people from even, actual general because I think happiness. that goes back to that control thing. Huh? Yeah, but even more people monstrous. Control. But even more monstrous is taking away the possibility of their future at all. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. So that's that's why when people hurt kids like this, it's so detrimental to society. And that's a great segue back into the topic. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll hit back um, to the script, and we have actually have a quote from one of the neighbors um uh, who's for, uh megan yes yeah um and the quote goes i can still see richie walking over here and saying he couldn't find his daughter that richard um, her dad yeah her dad recalls neighbor john devlin who was an elderly neighbor of the Concos. it was a terrible thing and when they found her it was hell oh. unlike donna and richard Megan's parents, Maureen and Richard, didn't have to wait long. The next day, the child's body was found in a local park inside a toy box. Oh. However, the police found the body because the killer told them where to find it. What's a toy box? It, it was just like, like it was a cardboard box that toys were in. Oh, oh so, okay, yeah. okay. Like um, they put it there or is it something that stays at the park? 
No, they he put her body. Okay, in it. okay. I'm like, then, I wasn't. I'm like, it's a toy box. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, he he put her body in that, and then he disposed of it in a toy. Uh, he he disposed of it in a park. Yes. Oh, yeah. The name of the the individual is Jesse, and I put a phonetic spelling up there, so I'm going to attempt it. Timidaquas, I think is how it's pronounced. Jesse Timidaquas was 33, he lured Megan into his home claiming he had a new puppy. So that's where that kind of, whenever you hear about it, like in the media or things like that, you know, or would they tell kids? I remember being told that quite a bit. Like if somebody says they have a puppy, like that specific They never have a puppy, ever. They never have a puppy, yeah. Um, It's like, do you have candy or puppy? Yeah. Yeah. So that's (laughs) where the puppy thing comes from. Once, they used to always be candy. Yeah. Don't take candy from strangers, which oh. made Halloween really confusing. <laughs> it really does. It's but just, I do And remember. I'm like, I don't understand Halloween either. Let your kids go door to door knocking. I'm like, this is, I don't know. Get candy from strangers. This is everything they tell you not to do. It's, it's, it's all yeah. about it's all about not walking up to the windowless van to do something. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it's on wheels, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. The less windows, the worse opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Brightly lit. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Once she was inside, he raped her and strangled oh, her. God. But horrifically, Timidaquas had already been convicted twice for sexual assault of two other little girls. A five-year-old and a seven-year-old. It's like, why is he walking He should be around? dead. He should be dead. The house he was in, convicted twice, he was dead. sharing with two other convicted child molesters. <sighs> A fact Megan's parents and the rest of the neighborhood had not been made aware of. The family was understandably horrified that right across the street from their house, and it was right across the street from their house. This is, yeah, that's why those registries I'm so happy exist in my time. Like, I would have moved. I would have moved. You know what I mean? Like, I... It would have been inconvenient as hell. It would have cost money. It yeah. would have cost heartache, whatever. It would, I would have fucking moved. Yeah. yeah. Um, or moved to them, either way. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I'm not... I can't... Inf- without breaking the law myself, I can't enforce any amount of aggressive control over anyone. But I have ultimate control and decision-making in my life. And if that means that I need to move to do what's best for mine, then fuck it, I move. That makes sense. Yeah. Jesse Timidiquist was found guilty... And sentenced to death in 1997. However, his sentence was commuted to life in prison without the what? possibility of parole. No. Why are we wasting money to keep him alive? Yeah. If this all sounds shocking to you, you're not the only one. Megan's parents and the community at large were outraged. The local authorities had never warned them of the danger living next door. This, of course, spread to a national level. And Megan's parents decided to do something about it. They began campaigning for local authorities to inform people when there were convicted sex offenders in their neighborhood. The state passed Megan's law to do just that. And this set the standard for many other states. Then on May 3rd of 1996, President Bill Clinton and his administration created a federal version of the law. And thus began the Sex Offenders Registry. The house in which Megan faced her last awful moments was later demolished and a garden put up in its place. But not before Maureen stepped into it. Ah. Well. Yeah. But she says the action brought her a sense of closure. I don't know that I could have done that. 
I would have felt better being the one burning it to the ground. Yeah, maybe they let her help. Like, I would have let drive the bulldozer. Yeah, let me yeah. have the exit. Something. Let me tear that place up. Yeah. Let me strike the fucking match. Whatever it is, yeah. let me do it. I agree. Let me be a part of it. Just, yeah. Oh, let me put that thing. Especially in the if it's hole. right next door. Let me be a part of it. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those are maybe the. Maybe that's uh, something they should do. It's like automatically, if someone like fucks with your kid, you can just go over and destroy their house. <laughs> like just. You just immediately, it doesn't matter if everyone's still living or whatever, you get to go over and fuck up up. their house. (laughs) Get your rage out on the house. Yeah, just let me take it out on them. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. If they're still alive. Let me just have a moment. I I will, (laughs) minutes. I only need minutes. Yeah, I only Uh, need minutes. 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 uh, It'll be over with a smile very shortly. There we go. Oh, oh, minutes. I can't. And that's that. That is the problem here. And I know a, a person who was struggling with a, someone being taken from them, and he said the worst part about it is the impotent rage you feel right. for not being able to do because his, his the 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 person who murdered his his cousin also killed himself. Mm. Yeah. So there was no justice system. There no. was no. It's just a bad situation. There's no right? retribution in any way. Yeah. And he said that 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 was one of the hardest things to him for him to come to terms with was not just not being able to do anything about it. There was there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. There's no vengeance to be had. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just over and done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so as a parent, well, and yeah. as a parent, I can't imagine the rage. Yeah. That that for me is like that that is what I would have to turn into. I, I would either have to turn that into making a new Megan's Law type thing, or I right. would be the Punisher. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. You're like it's one or the other. Yeah, you know? it's it's either I'm going to be a very violent, right. unstable person for Vigilante the rest of my life, or or, <laughs> or I'm going to put on a suit and tie and cry yeah. to the media cameras to get whatever awareness I can have. And that's why I can understand pouring themselves into this the way yeah. they have. Like, yeah. I don't think it. You know, that it was people trying to ride a media wave to get themselves rich or no. to capitalize on no, the tragedy. I don't, I don't think that, that this either. is, you know, some... Unfortunately, you're always going to have awful I people think, who are going to say that. But that's that. the thing. Yeah. I don't think this was I was trying to get a reality yeah. show. I don't think this right. was any of that shit. This was no, legitimate no, people just trying to in channel fact, their impotent rage into a direction of positive... In both usage. cases, both Donna and Maureen talked about how no. it had changed their lives and how they went from just leading average normal lives where they were happy and content to suddenly they're in the public spotlight at a place they never wanted to be, but it felt so necessary to do. And And even though it was exhausting and awful in so many ways, it is just important to them. How many people benefited from the, from their response to their tragedy? Yeah. And, and again, it's, I think that's one of those things. There's just no way to tabulate it. There's no right. way to actually well, calculate like, it. We um, know that there's a benefit. Amber's, yes. they say, like 900 to 1,000 children have been returned yeah. from a direct result of the Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you can say about Megan's Law because I don't think yeah. there's quite the direct correlation that you yeah. can have. Like, oh, I saw it, dial this number. It goes straight right into Amber's Law stuff or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's easy. I think that, like, uh, I, and I think Amber's Law has been a very, very positive. Megan. Or, I mean, the Amber Alert's been Amber very, very alert. positive. Oh, okay. I think the Megan's Law stuff is much more complicated. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's I, not I, good. I'm I glad, agree with yeah. it. I'm glad I'm it's glad there. there's a resource. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm glad that there's a resource because look, do I want, 
it it hurts to say this. Um, do I want people in the streets with pitchforks and torches for pedophiles? No. No, I don't. Especially people who have served their time, or you know, I hate to say debt to the community because that's not who they owe a debt to. Mm. But if, if you have done what it takes to try to be, and you're trying to live a productive and unharmful life, then, like, okay, more power to you. But mm-hmm. I still want to know where the fuck you live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with yeah. you because I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to harass you. I don't want people at your door. I just door. want to know where you are. I, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to know exactly. that you exist. Yeah, and I feel like that's fair. So I can. So because right. like I said yeah. it earlier, I can't control anybody else. I can't make anyone else do yeah. anything. But I'm ultimately responsible for my choices yeah. and how yeah. I respond to something. The more information I'm given, the more complex my equation can become. Therefore, the more complete the result. Yeah, I think that they do need to adjust things though, because I think that. The problem is, is that they're getting people on the list that may not really be an, a, a, a threat to the society. Yeah. And it's a mandatory thing. Like, you get some 16, I don't know, some, some 18-year-old that had sex with a 14-year-old, didn't know, did not, whatever. But it's like, does that 18-year-old need to be on the sex offender list for the rest of their life? You know, like, can they pay their debt to society? Because I, I think, would say it would depend on a case by you know case basis. I mean? Because if he knew, but with then definitely laws, for the rest of his it, life, but the, it makes it really hard. And the idea, though, but, of it being a non-finite list, though, then is then right. it becomes um, it becomes a question of like review boards and things like that. Which look, right. I, am I mad at extra accountability after the fact on a crime like that? No. no, I'm yeah. really not. Like yeah. no more than I'm. I'm. Yeah. Well, I feel bad about you having to check in with a parole officer or something. Like no, what I don't. What they're running into with Megan's law though is that they're trying. They I guess four years ago, whatever they try to make. They're they're making it international. Mm-hmm. So the issue that they're running into is they got people who are like expatriates that moved to Thailand and places oh, yeah. like that. And then now they have the stamp on it. Now Thailand's like we have a duty to our people not to release sex offenders from the United States into our country. So mm-hmm. those people are now saying like this one guy he was a sex offender in the United States has a family over in Thailand mm-hmm. and then he leaves Thailand to do some business or something and then he can't get back in. Now he's got a little kid there. He's and he's like, okay, I had an offense when I was like 18. Now I can't even be with my family. I can't go back home. I can't mm-hmm. even get into the country. And so Ugh. to me, I'm like, okay, I get where there's like depending on your offense, should this follow you around for your life? Because they're saying mm-hmm. he served his time. This is almost like giving him a second judgment. Like you're going back and you are actually increasing the penalty you gave him 20 years ago to include a country that was never originally in the original agreement. So yeah. it's an interesting thing when they're tra- because they really do need to bring this to the international community. They need yes. international because that's what these people do. They get caught and they fucking leave the country. They go somewhere else if they have the means to do it. Well, that's the thing. It. That that portion of Asia is, is hugely known for the, the exactly. child sex trafficking. There we've had yep. international yep. stings over there where we've cooperated with governments. There was yep. video online of uh, do I, I, I go back problem. again. I, I watched a lot of Vice clips on on YouTube. I, I like I like that it's always very audio and they, yeah. you know, they do a, yeah. a, a, a good voiceover. Yeah. Well, they do. They just do a really great voiceover. Their yeah. their opinions may vary, but like yeah. so does everybody else's for me. But mm-hmm. their hot takes on so on on different things are pretty all right. Um, but there was a video where they were following agents from the U.S. that did a sting on on these women who mm-hmm. were literally farming children to sell them to, to right. foreigners mm-hmm. for sex, and right. it was 
fucking mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. because it was to it's them just it was day. no different than like selling a dog. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. trading any other good. Yeah. It was goods or service for money, and it was so crazy how other people look at it, and that's the thing. It's. I think that poverty has a huge, huge, huge problem with all this because who are the kids that are getting taken? You never hear about like some rich Hollywood person's kid getting taken. It's always somebody who's got barely the means to do anything. Well, I I mean, all all three of these cases were all upper middle class, I'd say, right around. You know, middle, middle class. class. Well, Amber was, was not. Okay, They're fair probably, enough. But we got I mean, because her mom was literally on there. Yeah. With the Walshes. The Wa- Walshes but, were... But what I'm saying is, is that even yeah. middle class, it's yeah. not rich people's kids that are getting taken. Yeah. You're not rich yeah. if you're middle well, class. Well, you also live a more isolated existence because of that, be it gated communities or... Exactly. You, live in, yeah. you can afford yeah. the well, you security live for your kids. Well, you also hear, but... you, you hear it less in the country. I mean, because just... Again, opportunity just isolation through less mm-hmm. people right less right. opportunity just statistically less predators in the weeds sure mm-hmm. probably, you're probably right about that for sure. there's also statistics too that line up wherever there's major highways and things yeah like that. exactly yeah, so, yeah. but who because lives near major exits and poor, poor people. people yeah exactly that's what i'm saying is like when you look at it's but that, like but, but that's it's, where but that's where all violent crime takes place as we're uh, sure. statistically i'm but, saying but what i'm violent, saying is all, that the rich people things. have a, yeah. availed themselves to insulate themselves from all these problems Targeted, targeted personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bull mm-hmm. accident was a prime example of that. What is it? The um, we covered this. It was a disaster in India mm-hmm. where a chemical factory. Oh, right, had right. Yes, right. yeah, and and oh. that was all poor people. Yeah, because who rich people aren't going to want to live next to a factory. Right. Who else is going to do it? And then who? Where did pedophiles live? <laughs> they live in poor communities because rich communities won't have them. The lead, yeah. the water, and flint. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just like, it's not now, the fucking suburbs. It's not where the new water pipes are. Now they're having that problem in um, Benton Harbor. No, they're having it. lead issues in Benton Harbor now. Mm-hmm. Same exact situation. Yeah. And it's like, oh, everyone, we're gonna fix it. But it's like, okay, well, if if the rich are insulated from this, mm-hmm. like, why should they be? Well, because, why should everybody be well, insulated? You know it, what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, but it's it's not so much malicious. The, for the reason that they're insulated it's systematic. from. systematic. Well, no, as a person who, who did the, the construction for a lot of this stuff. So when when a government does something, it is it, it is meant to be over a, a hugely long period of time. It's with the, by the lowest bidder with the, the pretty much right. the basis of construction materials right. that you can do. When something is privately installed, it's the exact opposite. You're you right. More yeah. care and material. So when when the rich people put in their own water line, because if it's on private property, you are responsible from the water line right. the moment it right. enter, enters private property to the all that. That's yeah. all you. If something goes yeah. wrong, it's all you. So when they connect on to a giant gated subdivision where they literally own the road, that's why their road is always better because mm-hmm. they made it and they have better more money but to I mean, maintain it themselves. Say that, like, it's a failing of the government to provide exactly. the adequate quality that's, and care to their constituents. That's exactly but we see this I mean. in disaster relief too. Disaster relief so often the funds go toward bigger businesses and then more rich people because they are statistically more likely and and they're more likely to add to the economy so poor people frequently get left out because i think that's from a a fiscal standpoint they they say that these people don't contribute that's the trickle down fallacy that supposedly works but the pandemic is a perfect example of how that did not work they gave all that money to wall street 
mm-hmm. and it didn't stimulate the economy. Mm-hmm. It only stimulated Wall no. Street. But, but then they gave stimulus checks to the people, and what happened? They spent that money in stores mm-hmm. and paying off bills. So yeah. what actually stimulated the economy was giving people who didn't have money some money to spend. Well, but they give it to rich people, they save it, and well, they the, don't they do not do the things they're I, supposed the, to do. The best way know, is actually a mix. So the what happened, we also saw the great... What with the the, the um, everybody quitting their jobs for better, right, right, more right. paying positions. Yeah, we and to be fair, in what is it, in the last month we added like a shit ton of jobs to the economy, which was great because you know more people. But that's the thing: more and more people found acceptable employment. So like there was this great switch of like it. There the the trickle needs to be turned up. Yeah, I agree. Completely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I think I think we've come but to a spot to like that culturally because we've seen this giant raise in employment, but we've also seen this giant raise in compensation. It's a workers market right now, you know. They need to give the compensation to small businesses cuz they're not going to make it. Well, a that's the thing. Small I, businesses are going to go hate, out when, next year. I hate when the government gives your give I hate when the government gives your tax money away and calls it a gift. Like when they yeah, give it back to you. You're just it's a refund. Yeah. It's a fucking refund. I already paid yeah. this you money. You already in. paid that money. Yeah. It's yours. So yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah exactly. This isn't some gift from fucking on high. No. You're giving yeah. you back the money you it's took. It's like unemployment. You paid into it. Well, I look at it this way. Anytime you pay in taxes, basically you're paying that money at gun point because if you don't give the government that money they will point guns at you yeah sometimes yeah that's what that's all that's all that is you are the government when they demand money when they say taxes it is it is literally at the end of a gun when that's why you know laws the the government you know federal laws are so held over the rest of the laws because they have the weight of that government pointing that specific gun at you right so having that uh, uh, it, it it's it's a a weird flex for for the government. I I don't know. So having the having normal businesses say that yes, we need to pay people more is more important to me than the cash refund from the government. I agree. Because if you're gonna give it to the businesses, they better fucking raise raise the rate right. wages and the rates at which they're paying people. I totally agree. I eh, eh, I, I love that that that's my been fear, this part of the economy. This is my fear. My fear is that they're telling us that there's a worker shortage. But the truth is, people died. That's my fear. My fear is that all these people who are missing, they're not going to come back. Now, you can say maybe in a couple years they're saying, oh, they'll trickle back in. You know, from like 2008, they didn't come right back when they cut off unemployment in 2009 Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Over the few following years, those those people who were unemployed trickled back in. But my fear is, what if they're just saying that? And the truth is, is the coronavirus killed so many people that there's people who are missing and we all feel it mm-hmm. like you feel it you feel like when you go out or whatever you're like there's everyone needs job you know everyone needs employees everybody there's mm-hmm. this huge need mm-hmm. for people and i'm like what if the truth is, is these people are never coming back and they died and we just haven't realized it yet like mm-hmm. how that impact on our society is after a certain percentage have left yeah and, and i don't know if it's true i was just thinking this, about it it scared me a little because i was like oh my god what if these people are actually called dead I and i didn't really feel the, the impact worry too because the unemployment rate is not that different than there it's is, been in the last decade there's, they, they it, there's it not off. a drastic difference at all so I'm, I'm hoping that they're so, all staying at home, staying away from places because they're afraid or whatever, they retire. But I'm mm-hmm. like, man, what if the truth is, is that a certain percentage of people died and we just haven't really recognized that it's not a labor shortage because people are lazy or they've saved money yeah. or they found another way to live. 
It's just that actually there's just less people. And then it makes me think like all the people they're letting into the country, it's like, are they trying to bridge that gap? And they don't want to tell people like really the truth is, is we people die. You know, I never thought of it that way, but I was like, oh, it's ter- it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. It does make you wonder. It definitely it makes you wonder. Because but it all has to do with people is... missing in your life. Right? And, like, yeah. these are kids that go missing, get killed, whatever. But th- that was something, too, that I, I, uh, I've noticed. It, and this isn't so much, like, it's it's not anything other than um, an interesting kind of factoid with history. Is that any time there's ever any kind of pandemic or, or any kind of plague or anything like that, there is a worker shortage immediately after. That happened uh, during the bubonic plague and the black plague. Um it was like the first time yeah. that you saw in history workers' rights really becoming an issue because mm. there was such a shortage of workers and they needed people because, of course, it hit the poor and right. it hurt the working class the hardest. Right. And it suddenly, for the first time, like since those kind of markets had been established, they were seeing that there wasn't enough people to meet demand. Mm as far as workers went so they had to raise wages they had to make you know they had to raise benefits they had to do all this thing and there was suddenly this boom because now people who had traditionally always been impoverished were now moving to the middle class because they suddenly had funds Mm -hmm. that they didn't have before right and it was yeah the spanish flu was the same thing but it's been consistently no matter where Oh, World in War the II. world, yeah. right? World yeah. War One and Two, when people, yeah. when soldiers came back from that, and, women had yeah. to work while they were gone, and then well, you know, yeah, we developed an entirely new workforce out of that. Yep. We, we pretty much be, in the time between World War One and World War Two, pretty much eliminated child labor altogether, and, yeah. and then replaced it with women in the workforce, yep. full time, like or well, not full time, but developing, yeah. full, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and then on and on and on, like history grows but that's what happens when people yeah. are missing out of your life you have to figure out how to go on and how to run society and yeah and everything and i hey, think man. i love anything that'll that raises the the working class anything that that gets you know i i like the system we live in i love being able to order things on my phone the way i do i yeah. love the quality of the technology that mm. i have i love the availability of the products and the the culture in which we have them like I've, I've recently, I, I, like, I started buying, like, I, I Christmas enjoy, gifts yeah. and getting them off Etsy. Yeah. And, yeah. and things like that. Or just finding, like, well, small creators. I love yeah. that I live somewhere where you can be an artist, seek your dream, do your thing, mm-hmm. hone your craft, and then sell it for what you believe it's worth. Yeah. Like, there's no regulation on that. There's no, on the price, rather. There, you right. know, the, the regulation is what somebody will right. pay for your art. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to set and determine that. I I love a lot of those aspects of, but it, it, there's no perfect system, and capitalism is definitely guilty of not being perfect, I like everything else yeah. we have. But any part that it shines through, that it like, yes, it can empower the working class. Like there are plenty of ways that it has, mm-hmm. you know. And but that, that uh, also I, comes back that. to that, like that any extreme system need. is mm-hmm. always going to be wrong. Yeah. Or yeah, bad. Yeah. It doesn't matter which side yeah. it is on how it tips, but that's kind of mm-hmm. what I found is a general rule throughout life. Extremes are always bad. Yeah, it doesn't matter which way and, you go. In the most simple, basic, stupid person terms that I can put it is extremes are bad. And that goes to 
everything, every yeah. aspect, like extreme diets, extreme religion, yeah. extreme, and you it know. it can't be a rule without there being an exception. So I'm sure yeah. somebody's gotten an exception of how the extreme is great. But it, it aside from that. I'm sure. I can't think of one. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like even too much fun's too much fun. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. You know, and that like, can lead to, to well, things too. But yeah, uh, you you can't have enough peace of mind. You can't have True. you can't have a, enough real understanding, committed love in your life. Like there's a oh, see, I can make an argument for the peace of mind though, because mm-hmm. you, we've all met those people that will ignore horrible, horrible things in order to keep a status quo. In order to, I just want things to be normal. I just want things to be normal. I'll ignore awful things to just have that peace of mind and normality. Look, so I can ignore the rest of the world and pretend things aren't going on. Well, you know, so... I, I don't, I, I don't... Okay, look, as long as it's not at the expense of someone else, mm-hmm. like you're not ignoring sexual assault or something like that, mm-hmm. or rape, <laughs> yeah, as it were. If you're not ignoring something that's hurting someone else... Mm-hmm. But you're like, if you're ignoring the tragedies that happen around the world on a daily basis because it's easier to focus on at home and not open yourself up to those externalities. I'm not I talking about. That. I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I get <laughs> because that. Because I am big. That's the reason this podcast is, is, is can be so hard for me emotionally mm-hmm. is because I do exclude this kind of information from my life. I right. don't know a lot about serial mm-hmm. killers, and I don't know a lot about dead children or right, burger right, chef murders right, or clowns on fire i don't know anything <laughs> because i've literally removed wanting to look in that direction right. from my life because yeah. i can become overly invested in something that i have no outcome or control over or, mm-hmm. and it's it, it, it can be such um down. A waste of good energy, <laughs> yeah. it, a waste of energy that can be used in a more productive manner, mm-hmm. and it's so easy for me to wear blinders to those things and get through my life day to day because it's just so hard here at the fucking bottom. See, <laughs> like, for me, it's it's doing this is cathartic because I'm going to think about this shit anyway. But having uh. an outlet to discuss it gives me a way to put it aside then later. So I've talked about it now, I've gotten it out now, and then I can live my life. Yeah. Oh. Because it's not sitting in my head anymore. I've had the discussion. I've had the talk, and my brain now is I feel hydrophobic better. to this information. <laughs> like it, it is literally it hits it like a duck's back, just yeah, gone, rolls right off. That's yeah. why, like I, I, there's a few names and everything that I really, I do remember and everything, but. Mm-hmm. From week to week, man, the reset button gets hit for me because <laughs> I can't dwell on those things. Yeah. I, my my whole job is positive communication. Like my yes. job at work is I get paid to positively communicate and maintain a level of attitude that is beyond reproach at all times while communicating with people. The, mm-hmm. uh, the standard of professionalism is high. Yeah. I can never let other people's emotions affect mine, so I'm really used to walling it off. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to do, is just hit the reset button daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't... The, a short memory is the best thing for it. And so, like, I swear how I yeah. handle this podcast is to just emotionally reset afterwards. I think that's what people... 
honestly do even after tragedy is at some point after grief after anger after everything you mm -hmm. you got to hit the reset button yeah. at some point even if it's your kids it's the people you love if something well, happens to you and that reset you, may not take you back to what it was before exactly it's, it's a like new, these new, parents right? hitting the reset button and going like yeah. okay well this is what I'm the energy yeah. I would have used for raising this kid or whatever yeah. it is I, or the what from what I feel I'm going to use in this direction now mm -hmm. right that's, Which is why they probably were like, we're pursuing the law, we're pursuing have, this, we're pursuing that. I yeah. have such admiration for somebody who's willing to do something so selfless with their pain. Yeah. Because I know me. Yes. Like I said, I hit the reset button. My How I handle my pain is very... Detachment. It's, it's selfish. You have to. <laughs> it's, it's selfish. It's, yeah. it's, it's whatever. It's, it's, it's exclusionary. But like I have to focus on me and, and how I'm doing because I know me mentally I'm, I'm you can't live in continuous anger or continuous I can't yeah, it, yeah. The, the, it's poison to the it soul is. and I, I try to live a very zen mm -hmm. like if, if I'm feeling negative things it's usually because something I'm doing and I want to figure out what I'm doing and it's an introspective way and I try not to worry about anybody else it's how I get through work I don't worry about what's wrong with them yeah like it's not my problem maybe that's that's Another reason why it's like a cathartic for me too, because I am looking at this through a history lens. Yeah, right. you know that helps me get through it. That it, knowing that this is a lot of past things helps me. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's not things that I can do anything about. No, you know, it's things that happened mm. and we're done. And keeping it in people's mind to an extent and keeping awareness alive mm. has a value. Well, I feel I these so are really old laws too, and I'm like. Yes. They, you know, the things. There's an update it, coming. It don't don't say that. We were kids when these were put in the past. Calling these laws really old. Basically, you're saying you're really really old. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like the internet's now thing. Oh, like, God. you know, like think about that. Oh, dude, this dude. didn't happen. Like, I think I did. I tell this. I, I, I we played the dial-up noise for my the a, like signing oh, on to really? AOL for my yeah. son. But he was just like hopping on and offline, and I'm like, you know what you had to do yeah, to hop yeah. on and off the internet yeah. when I was a kid. You couldn't talk on the like, phone. Yeah, imagine this. Everybody hang up your phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that alone. They're like, and, what? And then and then we played the music or the the, the sound, sound or whatever. And he's like, what is that? I'm it's like an worst. angry fax machine. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm like. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> stacks and stacks of AOL. And then he said, what's a fax machine? So, yeah. Oh, I know, yeah, you're right. It's like, oh, he, he saw a He saw a disband hanging on somebody's mm -hmm. belt in a movie, and he asked what that was. And I'm <laughs> like, like, oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> That's all, like, that dude is standing next to a telephone with a disband on his belt, mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, those are the same thing to me. Right, <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you know what's terrible, though? Your nephew started fucking with me with this. Oh, okay. So if we're watching something, he'll pretend not to know what something is just to make me and his father <laughs> feel uh, old. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that's uh, <laughs> I'm like, you little monster. Okay, boomer. Because then, like, like, his dad and I will look at each other and we're like, oh, God, we're old. And then we'll, like, we'll, like, explain it to him. And he goes, guys, guys, I knew. I just wanted to make you feel old for a minute. And we're like... It's Ooh, even worse yeah, that he cuts wow. you off. Like, oh, wait, hold on, guys. <laughs> What's uh, that mean? It's like, oh, it's like I can ground you forever. <laughs> In, the, the incoming stealth bomber. Oh, God. I remember Crow was like, what was life like before the internet? And then I was like, oh, God, I'm old. Like, I didn't realize that, that I knew what yeah. life was like before the internet. And he didn't. And I was like, it blew 
my mind. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh my God. And that is weird. To I feel be in blessed. This weird it's place. a weird place. I feel place. blessed. I feel blessed. I think I, I think it's the the equivalent that a future generation will feel at the singularity. Probably. Like right. when when there's this merger between, you know, technology and consciousness mm-hmm. and all that good fun stuff, whatever however however good or bad you think that merger may be, what it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um it is. Like if, if humans approve one thing, it's fucking coming. But yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only imagine that's how that generation is going to feel because yeah. like this was it was they such a revolutionary before. thing and mm-hmm. we've seen it evolve from Netscape. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like I didn't seen... even think about it because I was like, I didn't really think about the li- oh, the life before the internet, and because that was my childhood. Yeah, life yeah. before the internet. So yeah. it was like, and even when it was started up, like how many of us actually had it? Like I didn't, we didn't have it for the longest. We didn't have minute. until I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even it. then, my dad worked in, my stepdad works in computers, so we had it really early. Oh yeah, no, yeah. That's so cool. it was like, well, that's the thing. You said but you, it was not something the kids played on. You can't. From a, a Portland, you said. Yeah. Portland. Uh, see, that's yeah. a major city. It that would have been a, a, yeah. a quick adopter. They always yeah. have the infrastructure yeah. first yeah. because they can charge the most. For yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but I just remember my first video game ever was the Oregon Trail. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, they used to play that yeah. in school. Oregon Trail. And now we made our kids I'm play sitting it, there. And oh really? Yeah. Yeah, now I'm sitting there and I'm playing these games that are like just shy of reality. Yeah. Like just shy of what like you talking watching about a just movie. shy. Mm-hmm. I'm playing I'm playing VR games. Mm-hmm. I'm literally living my dream as an adult. This is something <laughs> I all like it's the reason I built a computer. Yeah. I I have a VR setup wireless that I can strap on and go into I can fly these spaceships. With the controls all there, mm-hmm. and I can do the That's thing so sitting awesome. in my chair, or I can race the car, shift the wheel. Like if yeah. I if I wanted to pay, but like I'm talking three, like from uh, a graphic standpoint. Like look at how well, realistic. Like the um, what what's the one um, I, Far Cry Four, oh, yeah, the new yeah. one that's come where they have actual actors like playing yeah. the roles, like yeah. recognizable yeah. actors, and it's like. I don't know how I feel about this still. I mean, now, it's cool, but it's like, that, but being able wow. To, imagine being that, but then when you look, you don't see the edge of a TV. You look around the room. Yeah. Because that's what VR is. I like, want so bad to play it. VR you games. Gotta, like, all you have to do is come over to my house, dude. I have so many games. <laughs> right. like, no horror games, okay? Because <laughs> I will pee myself oh. and dude, all I over your carpet. Dude, I watch this old TV like, <laughs> with Rhett and Link, and Fanta- they're like going into th- like the... Fantastic yeah, Horror. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that one does freak me out. I love it, though. Yeah. I, uh, so uh, I've had it before where I've gone and like looked in somewhere and it jump scared me and yeah. legit almost fell over in my living room. Okay, so that that is one that I would do, but because you know you can do it with groups and things yes. like that, I would have a partner the whole time. And if you fucking leave me, I'm killing you in real life. Me, well, I've said I've mentioned Breezy before, but like me yeah. and him play Arizona Sunshine. It's a zombie shooter game, and you just walk your way through these whatever scenarios, you know, oh, this military base, man. this street. Oh man, and it is so good because you walk around some of the corners and they're just like sitting there. And they yeah, notice you, no, and when they rush no. you, you get the you get the. It's not like when you got a controller in your hand. You look at when they rush you, mm-hmm. you get the visceral response. You're like, bang, 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 you, yes, you yeah, see, yeah. dude. Reese got me with one of them. I'm, I'm trying to unlock this door, and he's got this burger patty, and you like eat these burger patties to heal uh-huh. the game. Mm-hmm. And because we're playing this game together. He like I'm doing the key and he reaches around in front of me with the burger patty. Goes, Do you want to buy it? And he whispers it like in my ear, but because it's in VR and there's spatial sound, I hear him whisper it in this ear. 
and he sees me double over laughing because of the bottle <laughs> cracking. We interact. Awesome. It wasn't like Mario and Luigi jumping yeah. next yeah. to each other yeah. on the screen. He fucked with me. Like you would in real life. I have gotten so much out of VR. That's hilarious. I uh, ping pong. Beat okay. Saber. The I love it. first, like, kind of anything I had with that was the game Fatal Frame. Mm. And oh, yeah. with the controller oh. Oh, pulses God. with your oh, heart yeah, yeah. So you feel your oh. character flatline oh. if they get scared to death. And it was unnerving. That's I could not. I played this game in broad daylight with a bunch of my friends around. <laughs> and I've never finished it to this day like, because I cannot game. play it alone. It screw terrifies me. Right? But that's also a game that was like brilliantly shot. Yeah, there was a lot of. It was little, all about like, photography. It was literally about yes, photography. That was the premise of the it day. It messed with it your head so much with like oh, yeah. just the little sound. subliminal right, things right. or like just <laughs> things you would catch out of the corner of your eye. Like my favorite example is at one point in time you go walking down a hallway, mm-hmm. right, and the camera angle goes to a top-down mm. kind of angle. I and hate top-down angles, I too. I know, but we're walking down <laughs> the hallway, two things happen. Yeah. The first one is you see what, what out of the corner of your eye, and it's just for, like, a flash, just like mm-hmm. that, a pair of feet dangling. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I think I've seen that, because it's, like, yes. literally from the ceiling, right? But the, Yes, and then really quickly, the camera angle changes, yeah. and you see yourself in a mirror at the end of the hall and it freaks you out because you're like holy shit you know and then as soon as your heart rate is calming down and Mm -hmm. you're like oh fuck it's just my character something goes moving across the mirror and I'm like fuck you mightily sir that is awful to do to a person (laughs) like I just got comfortable and you're like ha 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 like that's evil and I respect it but still (laughs) there's some good ones yeah there's that uh, that's what I said. VR brings that to a whole other level because there's no oh, I would, taking I the would, headset yeah. off. There's no getting away, and you can only move so far. Oh, and... that's funny. Yeah, I would probably play a Fatal Frame game though if it if it was VR, and I would hate myself, and I'd 100 percent have to wear an adult diaper, but I would still <laughs> want to do. It. Oh man, because <laughs> there's no way I'm getting out of it without a yeah. puddle. So. I'm going to have to put you somewhere where there's no TVs and windows or small children and knock the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like a padded room. My fear responses are always, like, extreme. I'm, I am I have fight or flight, but they're always extreme in one way or right. another. So it's... We have figured out in some of the games how to, like, generate a third-person camera in the game that can be controlled by a person outside of the game. So you oh, can cool. physically watch that oh, person. Oh, that's as, pretty cool. So you, don't, you can get, like, two perspectives. You can get their you perspective. Get, like, an observer. And then you can get that third-person perspective as they walk around and oh, do the thing. Oh, my oh, God. It, add, it adds something to it. I love and hate it. <laughs> well, dude, it's really cool to watch somebody go through something and experience hesitation, confusion, frustration, mm-hmm. and just see it played out on their avatar because they're doing it yeah you know to, to see a puzzle to see somebody exasperated from a puzzle or whatever right. like, you're experiencing these very real things mm-hmm. and, and like and i've always loved games for that so i wonder you know? how that's going to change things in the future if everything goes well, to vr i don't know eventually. just just ask just curious. ask meta now oh my god because I they're creating that. the metaverse they yeah. own they own oculus the, the company that makes my headset. I have okay. Oculus Quest 2. I saw that it on will be, of It will now be the Meta Quest 2 because mm-hmm. they're changing all their branding over to it. But they want to create yeah, like, see? the digital metaverse. When you're trying to get into YouTube. Or... Which 
I don't. It's think like it's I just noticed this meta. You see that at the bottom? It says meta. Huh? See meta <laughs> at the bottom of the screen? Like it pops yeah. away, yeah. but it's like meta, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, like what? Where did that. that come from? Like, that's wild. Well, they want to create they they want to create a corporatized metaverse, and that is you know expand new social media via. Are we talking Ready Player One kind of things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but that's the thing. I don't. Th- I think it should be decentralized. I don't think it should be a corporate. Owned, but it's you mean hard. like Facebook owning it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want. I don't want the per the people who we know have been like. Not selling your private information yeah. for fucking years. Yeah, yeah. to be in charge of it. To be in charge yeah. of the development of like humanity's step into the digital future. There's a big fight mm-hmm. with the IRS because the IRS wants all this data from um, like social media platforms mm. because they want to like sync up your in name with your like online. Oh no! I'll show you a sure video. I'll show you a video of a guy making sixteen grand a month ratting people out to the IRS for vid- he just watches videos where people flash money around and stuff like that, That's and then reports crazy. them to the IRS and is making like sixteen grand a month for being a, a snitch. Jeez. They're trying to make that. More I know. Of, like they're gonna have some. Brother, why did you doing? just look like like ratting your fellow people it's out like, was a good like idea? A, just, I just saw ooh. it. No. Yeah, and they want to know like what platforms you post, like uh, forums you post on. So I'm guessing Reddit. And since they said forums, it's got to be Reddit. And so I'm yeah. like, man, I just don't think it's fair. Oh, that's wild. Oh. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, we are going to go on and on and on if we let ourselves. And so I'm going to cut us off here. So. <laughs> that's all right. I've got to go home. I need to shower before work in the morning. Yeah. Well, probably a good plan. Good yeah, plan, I know. So. And my, my coworkers appreciate it. <laughs> I imagine. It helps for being understanding and communicative. Right, yeah. To not stink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't avoid you. I have tomorrow yeah. off and I plan to do fuck all. So. Very good. Have fun with that. Yes. Oh, I might get some house stuff done, and I might. I, I you need always to get tell the garden, me that. Like she's but... always like, I'm not doing anything today. And then like six hours later, she's like, This house was so dirty, and I just cleaned. <laughs> it's so funny. So she spends like I four hours of her day off, like cleaning like a rabid rabbit. Well, you know, Scotty <laughs> just did a bunch for me, like as much as he is capable yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he did a. an bunch of it for me so i i think i might actually get to rest you're gonna rest tomorrow yeah um something has to fail now i really want a game i know now you're gonna be like i want a game exactly just just don't shut your dog's leg in the recliner yeah yeah no okay yeah oh i didn't i don't think they know anything about that because we've been gone but yeah um so (laughs) our listeners um, unfortunate series of events unfortunate series of events (laughs) yes My dog was laying on the recliner between my legs and I went to put the leg down or the foot rest down. And I think she was asleep because usually she jumps down on her own. Um, but I think she was asleep, so she didn't re- register. And her leg got caught between the footrest and the seat, and she panicked and freaked out. My dog is very sweet. We've had her three years, and she's never been aggressive at all. And in her panic, she bit me, and I've been healing up from a very very nasty like wound so that andrea was actually kind <laughs> enough to take me to the hospital yeah. for because <laughs> scott like, was like medicated. out of her house and i'm like there's blood all over her pants yeah <laughs> scott's <laughs> like oh well because i thought you got bit in the hand but then no. it was like no you're a bit in the and i was Dude, like she lashed out bit whatever she could reach yeah <laughs> she did she got my leg i don't really blame good. that i don't blame the dog at all like no and then she's got such short legs it'd be hard to get out of that situation yes and she was 
full on panicking and, and immediately afterwards, like when I got her released, she ran into her kennel and was like, I bit mommy. Oh no. Like, you were just like, oh, daddy's going to kill me. She was just like, and he, he didn't, he didn't see it. So he just heard it from the other room. So he comes barreling in ready to kill himself a dog, which helped not at all. And I'm like, like, no, 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 no. no. It was my fault. It was my fault. I should have woken her up and got her down before I moved it. And that's my fault. Yeah. But who would have thought that would have happened? Right. It's so random. Well, and then I was in Scott's recliner, which doesn't have fabric over that space. Mine, which is on the couch, has fabric that goes over that space. So there's no way her leg could have got stuck in there. So that's what I'm used to. I never knew what that little fabric was, but now I do. <laughs> yeah. Stop you from getting this. bit by your own dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Dog protector. Uh, yes, but it right now it's itching like a motherfucker, so I've been sitting here all night, like, trying to like scratch it or slap it, like we tell everybody to do with tattoos. Yeah. Don't scratch it, slap it. Yep, <laughs> it's not fucking helping right now. Oh, so. man. That's how you know it's healing, though. I know, I know. Yeah. The, the bruise is almost completely gone. It's a very faint ring. Dude, that bruise was just the... funky. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like we bit by a zombie because it looked yeah. like, a week, like a few days later she well, saw that picture. I was like, that don't look well, good. Look, no. If you ever had any question about like whether your dog had a Panic could help yeah. your house. You found out yes. that no, nah, she has no problem biting somebody in the head, yeah, and true. it will fucking hurt. Race is a game I've changer. Never thought so. of that. There's yeah. the positive now. Yeah. Yes. Silver linings yeah. to everything. Right, right. Oh, yep. So yeah, that was and the on, excitement that happened there. I was say, and on that silver linings on ever on everything. I mean, literally the silver lining to what is ultimately tragedy. Yes. <laughs> becomes laws that we have all found helpful or productive in one True. way or the other, mm-hmm. be it whether they could be improved or not. I think yeah. that the thing would be to like, let's put these laws in before tragedy strikes. Like, well, that's, that would be uh, so, it's uh, hard to think of thought like that's that. That's the problem with the justice system is yeah. it's reactive, not proactive. True. So, yes, very you true. Know, yeah. While there have been various programs and things for, for different sections of criminality that have been attempted to be proactive about it's generally it's all it's all reactive yeah we're doing we an indiana we can't goodbye crime people like minority report yeah, yeah, so. this is an indiana goodbye like, <laughs> yes. when you're standing we say at goodbye the door, and we talk for another 20 30 minutes in the car <laughs> yeah in the car <laughs> yeah. standing with the door open yeah. that's exactly yeah. how it is. that's why i swear to god the moment you hit play our pause on this i'm just leaving yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, that's exactly he's like, shoes on he's like i'm out of here well, before oh. we go, what? Oh, you uh, dick! <laughs> uh, it was so perfectly done. I yelled uh, at him because the, the uh, last episode, all you could hear was uh, him chewing his fucking ice. Yeah, so I, nope. I banned ice, and he's like, "All right, I got a straw instead." And he goes, "But I am gonna make a slurpee." No, no, no! I didn't say that. She did, I did, and I thought it was a great idea. You were like, "I yeah. like the sardine." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> That's just it was Andrew. <laughs> We're gonna blame you. Blame your friends. I'll blame my yeah, friends. Go. Oh god. So just wanna do a couple shout outs though to people. Um I do wanna say Thank you to Trisha, who's been following us since the beginning, who's been listening to us since the beginning. She recently left some comments and it, it reminded me, hey, she's here. She's still with us. And it's really great that you're still um, you're still with us almost a year later. So thank you. Um, thank, thank you, Trisha. Yes. Thank you again to, to Brittany, to Haley, um, to our mom, to a bunch of people who have just returned. Um, 
I like that mom and is putting your money where her mouth is. Like, I'm your number one fan. Uh, you know she what I mean? is taking this seriously, and awesome. I love it. I, yes. look, there's, there's some people talk the talk. Mom is mom walking walks the walk. The walk. She awesome. is. She is. Um, and we want to thank everybody, who, anybody who's new and listening for the first time. We really appreciate you. We love having you. Um, again, thank you to the Paranormal Podcasting Community for welcoming, welcoming us in and um, for supporting us the way you guys have, particularly Campfire Tales. Thank you guys again for all the support you've given and, um, you know, just promoting our podcast on your own platforms. We're grateful to everybody who is um, actively contributing and um you know we hope to do the same and reciprocate so thank you all thank you for listening thank you for coming back thank you andrea for coming back you're welcome so i love having you on and Mm -hmm. uh fuck you tom (laughs) as it should be (laughs) our loving animosity (laughs) dude hey look out out of all the pictures i have shown most people's favorite picture is the picture of you flipping me off yeah yeah that's been the watch oh yeah that's something else we didn't talk about um we did a series of photo photos for the podcast recently big thanks to Haley j for doing that for us thank you so much um so we will have um we have stuff for promo materials things like that now and we're really excited about it hopefully um we'll be expanding here soon and um we're all looking forward you to should that make some slaps it's like stickers. Like, oh, you, know, I, podcast. you know, you should I, make some. I make the dick stickers. I might as yeah. well yeah, make them for the I'm podcast. But I'm more likely to slap the podcast sticker on my phone case. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's see, true. That's what I'm saying. You can All right, I'll have to work here. on yeah, that. I'll, 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 I plan on putting your. Okay, with Kendall. I've got the spot for your stickers, but yeah, I know where I put them. He's already got it reserved. Yeah, I gave him a bag of dicks earlier. A bag of dicks, sir. Yes. So, would you like a sense of Oh my god. Alright. Well, thank you everybody again, and we love you all, and we'll see you all on the other side. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.